0: We need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the
1: Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Yes, welcome dear listener, the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast where we talk about news and politics and sex and religion. I'm Trevor, a.k.a. The Iron Fist. With me, as always, is Scott the Velvet Glove. G'day, Trevor. G'day,
2: Paul. G'day, Joe. G'day, listeners. And for those of you that are keeping tally, I am still on the doll. <laughs> and this week, the doll was reduced. Ouch. Yeah. Mm. We'll
1: mm. talk about that in a moment.
2: It is what it is.
1: Paul, Paul the Twelfth Man.
2: Greetings, earthlings. Good mm. evening, gentlemen.
1: Mm. Good evening, Paul. And Joe, our audio tech guy looking after stuff, so that I don't have to, Joe. Evening everyone. So... Right, I've been away for a while, uh, a few days up in Cairns. And for those of you in Victoria, I can tell you that Cairns is just everyone's out in the streets, they're, they're drinking beers and eating pizzas and having a great time. Not that many tourists around, obviously, but life is as per normal up in the far north. You wouldn't know there's a pandemic as you're walking around. Um, but I've um, madly made some notes today to talk about what's happened in the last seven days. Um, and a few things have happened. Um with a lot of our state leaders are in the news. Our premiers and opposition state counterparts are are in the news at the moment, Scott. And Ooh. let's start with Queensland and Deb Frecklington.
2: Yeah. So I reckon Tim Mann has got his fingerprints all over this.
1: Right. So you know. Just tell the dear listener what happened.
2: Okay. Um Deb Fragmenton's campaign is in crisis after being referred by her own party
1: to the election watchdog.
2: Now, um, she was referred to Triple C, which is crime something or other commission, isn't it? Crime and,
1: crime and conduct? or crime. crime and- it
2: used to be the Crime and Misconduct Commission, anyway.
1: Mm. Triple C something. Triple C,
2: whatever like. it means. Um, she was referred to there by members of her own party because... I believe it was to do with a few fundraising issues that she was at a fundraiser. Quote where fundraising, yeah, maybe
1: not. Quote, yep. Maybe, yeah, okay. maybe not. Yep.
2: Yeah, there was there were fundraisers that were Dinners. being held in get-togethers. Yeah, in but, election in well, it wasn't a riverside mansion up here somewhere out in mm, Newstead, wasn't it? Mm. Anyway.
1: Well-connected people meeting with other well-connected people. Exactly,
2: and a mm. number of them were property developers, and mm. property developers are not supposed to give any money to the political parties. Yes, so that was where the election alert came from. Yes, I reckon her deputy Tim Mander's given the go-ahead to the Triple C to report her, because let's face it, they're probably not going to win the next election. Right. Are you and, sure it was the Triple C or the AEC? Or well, I don't know. This is just reveal I'm yeah. just reading the notes. Revealed the Triple C warns of blurred lines. Oh really? really? Yeah. yeah. yeah I wouldn't. I don't know. I would have thought it'd be the AEC. But That's anyway. what I thought. Yeah. yeah anyway. But anyway. Maybe um, wrong. Now I reckon Tim Manders referred her because he's got his eyes on her
1: job once she loses the election. Could could be. So anyway, dear listener, people having dinner and. Uh, Property developers and non property developers. And afterwards, some donations rolled in from those, some of the attendees. And it seems that none of the don there were no donations from property developers, but they were there at the same dinners. So on the face of it, it seems it's okay, but it's just awkward. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, it's not what you want happening. What, what are we, two weeks out from an election? Exactly, yeah. And, Look, if this was if this was the Labor Party, I can guarantee you the headline in the Courier Mail would have been Be shame. Sh- shame. Yeah. It would have been her- snouts at the trough. It, yeah. it, would, it would have been blaring about uh, what was going on. Today's Courier Mail says um, election corruption alert. This is your final notice revealed. Triple uh, C warns of blurred lines. So it was basically the Courier Mail was saying. Oh, the Triple C has warned all parties to be careful about their um, uh, fundraising mm. rather than slamming um, Deb Frecklington. So, it, <laughs> very fair minded uh, of the it, newspapers. It was. Actually, The Australian had a headline that said LNP leader Deb Frecklington's secret meetings with property developers. Now, that was more of a hard hitting mm. sort of headline. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, that was more appropriate. I would Secret say. Secret meeting sounds conspiratorial, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, there does not seem to be obligations to say who you're meeting with. Yeah. And,
0: Look, you guys, uh, you guys said they're not supposed to. It's actually illegal mm-hmm. for uh, property developers Correct. to make donations. Yes. Correct. To political parties in Queensland. It is now. Yeah, never. It, was, it was legislation passed by the Labor Party, I believe, wasn't mm. it? Passed by the La- a Labor government.
3: Mm. It's the Crime and Corruption Commission.
0: Thank you. Okay. Crime and and um, the uh, the the coalition, when asked, I think, mm. failed to say that they would not repeal that legislation if they won government. In other words, a lot yeah, of people suspect they up. will yes. repeal
1: it. Yes. Yes, that's true. Meanwhile, the ABC headline was: LNP opposition leader Deb Frecklington campaign in crisis after being referred by own party to election watchdog Twelfth Man. I know you don't like the word fiasco coming from the ABC. You <laughs> I don't see mind that as being, word. Uh, you see that as being.
0: I don't have uh, one uh, ounce of resentment but, against the word fiasco.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay, but you you, you felt that. <laughs> If the ABC was under a charter to be impartial and just present the facts, you thought that the description of uh, using a descriptive word like fiasco was inappropriate? I didn't and, say that.
0: I said uh, it was an opinion.
1: Okay. Which would breach. If
0: if that's a breach yeah. of the ABC charter, just, then that journalist was in breach.
1: Just out of interest, do you think by saying it's uh, the campaign is in crisis, <laughs> is, I'm just wondering, is that an opinion? Absolutely. Right, okay. <laughs> Okay, just good. What to do know. you think it is?
0: How do you measure a crisis? You know, it's mm. it's absolutely an opinion. How do you measure fiasco? It's not measurable, so it has to be an opinion. You know so, what, so what? What, what it's is not an, measurable?
1: It has to be an opinion. I mean,
0: people people seem to think facts are something that you can construct, but facts are things that are objectively true, regardless mm. of who's looking at them. You mm-hmm. know, and fiasco. One person's fiasco is another person's circus. I don't know. You know, it's completely an opinion.
1: Mm. Just want to throw that out there. Good okay. On. Um So that's Deb Frecklington. She's in a bit of bother, but I don't think she's actually done anything.
2: No, she uh, hasn't.
1: And I agree with you. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Tim Manders' fingerprints are all over that. Exactly. Because I just think he – I just reckon he's – He knows.
2: You know, he's the same nutter that was the head of the Scripture Union and all that sort of stuff. You've said it Mm. before, Trevor. Mm. They're in it for the long haul. They're in it for Mm. the long game. I think Mm. you've used those words. Mm. I really wouldn't be surprised if he thinks, yeah, she can take us down this time, I'll take the job, and I'll become Premier next time.
1: Mm. Anyway, but, yeah. But mind you, if she was to lose the election... He will get the job. Like he doesn't have to do this if that was the case. So oh, I just think he wants to make sure she's going to lose the job. Right, I think yeah. the polls favour oh. the Labour Party, mm. don't they?
2: they Pretty do, much. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah. he probably yeah.
0: figures he probably figures, look, we're gonna lose anyway. I may as well make sure that she loses the top. I've job. changed my mind. Exactly. I don't think
1: I don't think he's that Machiavellian to actually he toss doesn't? this election. Really? Because, yeah. No, I reckon he is, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I reckon he's stupid enough to mm. do something like that. Hmm. Oh, now this is interesting. In the chat room, uh, thank you to those who are making comments. Hello to everybody there. Landon
2: uh, Hardbottom had a very good uh, comment y- yeah, there. Yeah, talking,
1: as- talking about the dinner party stuff, Landon said, as long as they were socially distancing, <laughs> then it's A-OK. <laughs> and uh, Bronwyn says, hi, guys. Thanks for accommodating those of us in Daylight Saving Land. Much appreciated. Because, Bronwyn, we were having a bit of discussion about this and the boys were saying, well, do we want to do it 7.30 Brisbane time or 8? which would be 8.30, your time, or are we going to stick to this 7 o'clock slash 8 o'clock? Could you let us know in the chat room if it's important to you? I know it is for Bromman. I'm just interested in other opinions. It's (laughs) a little bit of a squeeze for Joe to get here on time. So, um, so yes, let us know if that's making a difference for you um, besides Bromman, Okay. Right. Gladys Beresiklian. Yeah. My, My thoughts have wandered on this one as well.
2: Uh-huh. I yeah, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that because her explanation seems quite reasonable. Where she said she'd cocked up uh-huh. and she'd stuffed up in her personal life, and it uh-huh. was her own personal life that doesn't. It shouldn't impact what's happened. Bed, uh, what's happened in the electorate? Uh-huh. You However, almost said what what happens in the bedroom, didn't no, you? I didn't say that. Uh-huh. However. This guy apparently, I don't even know the details of the case, but apparently he's been doing all sorts of dodgy stuff for a long time. So you'd think that there would have been some
1: pillow talk between the two of them? Yes. Yeah, so anyway, this guy, Daryl Maguire, turns out he's her lover, or was, and ICAC, which is their...
2: Independent uh, Commission Against Corruption.
1: ...in New South Wales, had previously investigated him and he'd previously had to... Uh, resign um from the party and he's under a second investigation and he just seems like a roguish shady character and uh quite a surprise to everybody to learn that the premier of the state um was well it's not an affair because no, he was uh, she was single and he was certainly well publicised as separated. So oh well Seemingly lovers, but and,
0: and, and yeah. since about two thousand fifteen, I believe they've mm. been in some kind of relationship.
1: Uh, that's correct. Yes. So, so my initial inclination on this is we don't really want to care about bedroom matters, like, do
3: we? there, there was it? a brilliant comment on a Facebook page today, which said it's not the rooting, it's the looting. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way of putting it.
1: Yeah. Um, so. You know, it, it all comes up to co- conflict of interest and whether there is one or not. And did she make decisions that might have benefited him in some way? And he's had different dealings, and we don't quite know yet the full story of what dealings he had and what decisions she might have made. So some of it was to do with Badgery Creek, but I think that's more of a federal issue. So... um so my initial thoughts were, there doesn't seem to be any evidence pointing to decisions that she made which might have benefited him, except read an article by Crikey today, which said that um, that basically the prime minister, the premier's office, is responsible for funding ICAC, and ICAC was pleading for money so it could do its role properly of investigating corruption. And they were asking her for more funds so that they could properly investigate corruption at a time when this guy was being investigated <laughs> by ICAC. So that, to me, on the face of it, sounds like a potential conflict of interest. That's, that's... It's a little bit tenuous,
0: though, isn't it? Well, because
1: you're, they're, they're... you're funding the organisation that is responsible for investigating your lover. Yeah.
0: But if that's, they are already
1: investigating
0: him, I don't think they're going to stop if if you know, it's like if they if they get a whiff of corruption, they're going to go out looking mm. for it. Yeah. And she had in fact, I didn't she dismiss him from the government a couple of
1: years ago? Well, well, well when actually, he first got into trouble? Well, she, she had Yeah, she ended up dismissing him, but she had been involved in decisions that had taken money away from ICAC because ICAC had really Got some victims in New South Wales. There was a lot of Liberal heads rolled. A lot of Liberal heads, really? Yes, in New South Wales. So um, let me just see here. Um, If I can find. um, Between 2015, 2011 and 2015, ICAC investigations forced the resignation of more than a dozen Liberal MPs, including two ministers. Wow most were revealed to have accepted or arranged secret donations from property developers. For
2: God's sake. Hark- think harking they- back
1: to the Frecklington yeah, issue. Know, but wouldn't yeah. you
2: think that they would know to stay away from property yeah. developers?
1: And there was also a big casualty was Premier Barry O'Farrell, who admitted he'd received a $3,000 bottle of Grange as a gift from a mob which he'd failed to declare. So ICAC had got some trophies on the wall and arguably... Liberal Party wasn't happy with with what they'd done. And so the ICAC's relationship with the New South Wales government took a sharp turn for the worse in 2015, 2016, when the government slashed its funding by more than 25%. So when you say, oh, well, they would have kept investigating, but when your funding is slashed by 25% and you have to lay off staff, you just can't do what you would have wanted to do, necessarily.
0: However, they would focus their their resources on the big fish and him, being a member of the government, formally, would have been a relatively big fish. So I cannot imagine that they would
2: suddenly drop their investigation of somebody at his level. Yeah, mm. but a 25% funding cut is quite substantial. Mm. So that really wouldn't surprise me where Trevor's going with this.
1: Mm. So well, this is from, this is where Crikey is going. This is from a sort of a Crikey article. So no, looks, no
2: but you, you know.
1: So anyway, it's under the um, under the Act. So there is a ministerial code of conduct, and it says that ministers have a responsibility to avoid or otherwise manage appropriately conflicts of interest, and you must not knowingly conceal a conflict of interest. Um, It includes persons with whom the minister is in... Well, a family member includes a person with whom the minister is in an intimate personal relationship with. And a conflict of interest is when the minister's private interest could objectively have the potential to influence the performance of their public duty. So all these things are about justice must not only be done, but it must be be seen to be done. done. So you disclose these things, and then it's up to the public and others to decide. And you... You withdraw from decision-making, like if you have a conflict and you say, oh, well, my boyfriend is being investigated by you guys so I actually can't be involved in the decision-making of how you're funded. So um, that's what sort of you have to do, step out of the room when decisions are being made where there's a potential conflict of interest. So so I thought that was a fairly good argument from the crikey guys as to uh, she was in charge of that sort of funding. They were investigating her lover. You'd want to know... That that was she's, going on.
0: She's probably somewhat mm. damaged already by this mm. by these revelations. So mm. I, I dare say, before the next election, at the latest, mm. her party will be uh, looking for a replacement, wouldn't you think?
1: Probably now there would be. Yeah. So, and, and she was treasurer and deputy leader of the New mm. South Wales Party when those cuts were made. Um, so, what so, do you yeah. think
0: of her generally, though? Most people have a pretty high opinion of Gladys.
1: Don't know enough about it here in Queensland. You don't see this thing. We don't often hear about state premiers that much, but they've certainly come to the news in the last. (laughs) With COVID, (laughs) we we hear more about state premiers than we've ever had before. Really,
2: I think it's the government's invention of the national cabinet. I think more than anything else that has elevated them. I Mm. think you know, especially in COVID, when the when remember when COVID first happened, Jesus Christ, they were having a national cabinet meeting every night. Mm. You know, and that was where you you suddenly learned the. The names of all the premiers. You well,
3: News. Um, news.com certainly were had her on the path to beatification. Right. Okay. Uh, as opposed to Premier Andrews and Premier um, uh, Palaszczuk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. Um, so speaking of Dan Andrews, Victoria, I think it, it, I think it's reached the point where they've got to review what's what's reasonable here because we we're now at the point where Victoria's numbers are close to New South Wales. Mm. Like the lockdown has, for all intents and purposes, done the trick. And now, you know, if you want to go for full eradication, you've got to get commitment from people for that. Mm. I I think people are going to run out of patience with him now. I think up to this point, he could hold people. But now when people see New South Wales with the same numbers, living a much freer lifestyle, I don't think they're going to wear...
2: Yeah, I agree. And I mm. think to myself... Mm. He's going to have to wind it back now Mm. I think the lockdown has gone as far as it's going to go And I think they've got to actually just put their hands up and say Look we aimed for elimination We couldn't get there So now you're still going to have to wear your mask when you go outside But what we've got to do is we've got to accept these slightly higher numbers on a daily basis.
1: Mm. Or just keep chipping away at it like Mm. New South Wales is. It was always a fantasy. This idea of elimination was always Mm. a fantasy. Mm.
0: It was never going to be eliminated. Well, it worked okay in New Zealand
2: until it cropped up again.
0: Exactly. In other words, they thought they'd they'd eliminated it, but they hadn't.
2: But they still don't know exactly where it came from. It Mm. could have been... Could have been a latent amount of mm. um, community spread that was always asymptomatic until it found some person that it became
1: symptomatic with. Well, well we're in a situation of elimination here, effectively, because yeah, every are. case that comes in, we know it's from an overseas person who's quarantining. So, mm. um, so community spread in that sense. Um, not to say it won't leak out somehow. It
2: could mm. again. And, mm. you know, once the borders are reopened on the 1st of November and all that sort of thing, I think mm. we're going to have another round of community infection again. Mm. I, I but, don't understand why we're not required to wear masks up here. I mean,
1: but Broman in the chat room, Broman says, um, first of all, um, Barry O'Farrell resigned over a bottle of wine, and she thinks Beresiklian situation is considerably more serious than that. I think mm, you're right. I agree. And Broman, tell me, are people running out of patience in Victoria? Because when I talk to my colleagues in Victoria... It sure sounds to me like they ran out a long time ago. So, what's the feeling on the ground for you? In your, I know that anecdote isn't the uh, the plural of anecdote is not data, but I'm interested in your opinion, Roman. It's just so, it, it he's seems playing with fire now.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think you're right that he could he could have kept the public with him and that sort of stuff. But they were due to start winding everything back again on this Sunday, mm. weren't they? Mm. If they got to five a day. Mm. Then, you know, five's a hell of a lot higher than, well, five's mm. a hell of a lot lower than 10 or yep. whatever it is now. So yep. I think they're just going to have to accept that yep. 10 or 12 a day is the natural progression of the virus.
1: Mm, yeah. So Bronwyn says, yes, I think people are over the lockdown. I know it wasn't that long ago we looked at an essential report poll that said 60% of Victorians were still in favour of it. Um, but I reckon that's turning quickly. <laughs> it <laughs> now, is.
2: And, you know, yeah. I, I can honestly see, you know, what's that American saying, turn on a dime, mm. that people will go with you so far, but yep. then after that it just gets out of hand and they think, nah, fuck it, I'm over it.
1: Yep. Yep, I think so. I think, I think he's reached that point. He has to be very careful from here on. So good luck, Daniel Andrews, in, in telling that story
0: he 's mm. not going to do another term as premier mm. under any circumstances right yeah do you think look he has when- trashed the Victorian economy mm. f- and for what What mm. for what as soon as as soon as as soon as mm. the the virus comes back you know mm. and starts spreading again, and mm. it will continue to spread
1: mm. Yeah, people. But when you say for what, will see, well, that it for, was all for nothing, for getting it from seven hundred and twenty-five 700. down to ten. But now it's at a level where people are going, "That's enough." So I don't think it's for nothing.
0: Something like eight hundred people have died already, right, in Victoria.
1: Like Thereabouts, like I yeah. don't know exactly. not exactly. And
0: you know, a similar number would have died, possibly more. Really, without lockdown. How do you know? I don't know, and nobody knows, and yeah, that's that's part of the problem, yeah. is that the government acted as if they knew mm. what would happen, and they had no idea.
3: Well, I, I think we've no got clue. good um, data from the UK and the US. Really? Mm. Uh, which we can extrapolate to, uh, had we acted in the same way that they did, um, what was it, yeah. 200,000 deaths? Mm.
2: Mm two hundred and ten
3: thousand in the US. Those
0: you know those those models have been found to be totally faulty, Joe. You know?
1: I think I think Andrews could win. Well, we've got to remember it's two years away. So look what happens between now and if he puts LSD
0: in the water supply
1: on the day of the election if he changes course now he he says, Okay, five is probably a bit ambitious. I'm happy with where we are now, let's go to a New South Wales type situation. People go, well, He's the guy who brought it down from 700 to 10. We needed to do it. We're okay with that. But if he keeps cranking down hard for another two months, then, then, then no he might No one will make, forgive him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, you can't say it's for nothing. He achieved that. It's, and I think people were willing to pay a price to achieve that, but they've run out of um, goodwill in that respect. Yeah, so, they've been sold a
0: pup is so, what, what's happened. They've mm-hmm. been told that lockdown that's, that's is the a, only mm-hmm. rational course mm-hmm. of action. And we now know, and we've known for a long time, it isn't the only
1: rational course no, of action. This is all just opinion, because it's not measurable. It's so, not measurable, you're so, right. But in the,
0: in the years to come, mm. you guys mm. will eat humble pie, is my
1: prediction. Oh, oh there we go. <laughs> okay. will eat humble pie. You will. <laughs> okay.
4: We'll have
0: to or you see. will you're live possible. in denial forevermore. Yeah, but, well...
1: You'll see. It'll yeah, come we'll out know, in a wash in the next few years. You'll see. And yeah. and what would what would be what would be proof of what what will happen that will make us what, what do you say we need living? What 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 will what will happen in two years time what will become a, years or whatever what will it, become apparent that would make us eat it will become apparent
0: pollen. that this virus is not going to be eliminated it is going to stay it, with it, us it, and herd immunity will gradually increase and it will no longer be any more of a problem than seasonal flu Her, Herd immunity so, so.
3: is a distraction um, it, Why um whenever construction it will become less virulent as it goes as it is it um, replicates, yeah. but it's not going to get um, uh, herd immunity. But, but, but just to your first, you don't know
1: that. Just child. to your first part of your statement, you yeah. said it will um, COVID nineteen will still be around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, none of us has ever said it won't be. You, you were talking about
0: elimination in but, Victoria. No, it's never going to no, happen. No, but
1: we've we've never said it will never be around. Like, and we acknowledge. No, you
0: guys a few months ago, you guys were saying what will it take to eliminate the virus. And I yep. sort of Scott yeah, yeah. said it's been eliminated in New Zealand. Yep. Oh, except for it's just come yep. back. Yeah,
1: but and I've said it's eliminated now in Queensland. But it I'm isn't. not saying it's never coming back. It's not eliminated. But at the moment you we don't, don't have... know
0: it's eliminated.
1: But, but here's the point: we've never said it's not coming back, and we've never said that it's going to magically disappear. So the first part of your premise, as because I said to you, what will happen that will make us eat humble pie? And you said, well, first of all. Covid nineteen will still be around. Yeah. Well, there's there's no humble pie to be eaten. No, the if, humble if, pie. If part we of it, acknowledge that, okay, uh, that, that does I didn't not surprise- explain
0: myself well, Trevor. Right. But I believe that in the next few years, when scientists mm. understand the phenomenon a little bit better mm. Mm. and with more clarity, mm. I think I'll, most of them will come to the conclusion that lock, lockdown was a totally wasted exercise.
4: Mm.
1: Well, so. Because they'll do some sums of lives lost and whatever at that point. Is that what you... And
0: it's, it's going to be a very hard thing to do. It's a very complex phenomenon. It's going to be... And we all, we all know that. It's extremely it, it, complex. It's it's an extremely complex thing to measure, yeah,
1: whichever it, way you see it. It's going to be very hard to say what would have happened and what did happen and what... Might have happened. Extrapolate all yeah. of those ifs and maybes out yeah. and say oh, well, there you go, you were wrong and you are going to eat humble pie. Like, good
3: good luck. People are like, still arguing yeah. over the 1918 flu. Yeah. So
1: so what you've got to remember is none of us are saying that COVID-19 is going to be eliminated forever. All we're saying is we need to get it under control till we work out what we're going to do. So that's, that's a strategy. And I would say that... Uh, that's the strategy we're saying to the government is get it under control and let's wait and see and see what measures we can do to control this. So I'm quite happy with that decision rather know, than yeah, a reckless... I know you, you've always been mm. happy with that decision. So, so anyway, that's what'll be... Let's talk about Humble Pie in two years. You know, a good thing about this podcast is everything's on the record. It's the the audio's is. Is there. So you, is. you'll be able to go back, Paul, and you can just extract, you know, little excerpts and go... Start eating your pie, Trevor.
3: (laughs) I'll
0: bring you a spoon. That's right, with a good serving of humble pie. (laughs) And some whipped cream, if you'd like. Yeah.
2: I don't think we'll be talking about it in two years' time because we're going to have a vaccine next year.
0: Uh, Oh, oh,
1: okay. Well, that's up for conjecture. So the other thing, vaccine isn't a silver bullet. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, is if enough people take it, Robin in the chat room mentioned that don't forget that Labour in Victoria has a considerable majority. It will take quite a change for the current Liberal morons to win. There you go. So, um, <laughs> right. Speaking of morons,
0: Andrews Here is not looking too flash, is he? Well,
1: anyway, that's, um, that is our state premiers. And, you know, we've been talking about uh, misinformation mm. in the media and, and people out there who are up to no good. In terms of... Up to no good. Yeah, spreading rumours and stuff. They wouldn't do. Mm, have a listen to this an example <laughs> of, of what I'm talking about.
5: Fist, glove, 12th man. Hard bottom here. It seems that once again I need to set the record straight. Any communications that are purported to be from me that are critical of my BFF 12th man <laughs> are a lie. They are fake news. Why one amongst you would choose to propagate this misinformation, I do not know. But I trust that this concludes the matter. Thank you. hard bottom for Vladimir Putin, please. Vlad, so good to hear your voice. Yes, it's done. I have sown discord, mistrust and confusion amongst the Iron Fist... Velvet Glove, people. (laughs) Now, can I please have my video recording back? (laughs) But but that's not what we agreed, Vlad. You said if I did this for you, you would give me back that video recording. Yes, but but when you said, did I want a golden shower, I thought Scrooge McDuck golden shower. And anyway, (laughs) who wouldn't want a shower in gold? No, I didn't say I didn't like it. But you said you would give me back that video recording. No, 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 no. Don't send it to Cheryl. who's still eating off plastic plates after she looked at my last video.
1: Poor Landon. I thought he had things worked out, but he's still on plastic plates. Yeah. So there's Landon Hardbottom, an example of hidden agendas going
3: on. Uh, got to look out for what's going on. You need to know. You remember Trump... Um, getting a mm. beak with the garbanzo bean guy in the states getting get, get what there was a, a guy a manufacturer of beans a mexican beans yes. called garbanzo beans yes yes uh, and there was yeah. a meme floating around what's the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea mm, i'm afraid to ask donald trump's never had a garbanzo bean in his mouth
1: all oh, right there we go thank you
3: <laughs> so there we go
1: landon hudbottom <laughs> thank you thank you landon
4: uh,
1: Next week, we might have Frank back. Remember Frank, the butterfly man who stood in the Lord Mayor race? Yes. And he's now uh, with the – it's called the Legalised Cannabis Queensland Party, which Mm. I guess is some sort of creation from the hemp party. Sounds
0: like it, doesn't it? It does,
1: but I don't know how that works. Frank can clarify that Frank will be on next week and will tell us about it. But they've got candidates in 23 seats. That's quite a lot, isn't a it? A lot. Yeah. Good going. Legalise cannabis Queensland. So... Must be a lot of support for legalising cannabis out there, I'd say. I'd say there would be. Yes. Yeah. So, um, right. Kevin Rudd uh, got together a petition, and this was about calling for a Royal Commission to look into our media. So, that's proved quite popular. I signed it this afternoon, and um I was signature number 231687 so who were the other um promoters of this Just team I, th- I believe no, but it wasn't really who? no
0: Who? because you you sent you sent a link to it did I? to us guys didn't right.
1: you I th- maybe I think you did because right. when i opened it lots th- of people have been sharing it. <laughs> when I Is that it what you mean
0: yeah who was it now um one of the first names that caught my attention i know it was from kevin run but um
1: Plain Reason shared it around.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, what's from her the, name from, from the Reason Party?
1: Yeah.
3: Fiona Patton.
0: Fiona hmm. Patton. But there was hmm. another one that caught my, my National own. Secular no, Lobby Clementine shared it around. Clementine Ford, wasn't Wrong. it? Clementine Ford? Could have. No, no, it wasn't Clementine. Sorry. Sorry, Clementine. I take that back. No, it was that other harpy. Um, what's her name? One that's often on Q&A and... The Drum and other ABC so-called okay. Okay. discussion shows. Okay.
1: So, did that um, mean that you you don't like the
0: – Look – I don't like her as a journalist. Yeah. But she, what
1: about the idea of the petition? Uh, look – I'll read a little bit about it. Did you read the petition at all? I didn't in detail, Okay. No. I'll read a little bit about it. It's um, calling for a Royal Commission and the things that it's saying that we're concerned about is ownership in media is becoming more concentrated – Business models encourage deliberate polarising and politically manipulated news. Print media is overwhelmingly controlled by News Corp. This power is routinely used to attack opponents in business and politics by blending editorial opinion with news reporting. Powerful monopolies are emerging online and stuff about journalists being searched unjustly and potential prosecution and whistleblower protection needed, etc. So that's some sort of the main things I own got out of it so calling for a royal commission into our media so uh, naturally there's going to be people who support it that you would normally not um, agree with but yeah and, and that's to be expected yeah. of course so you're going to sign the petition I'll think about it right
0: but it, it seems to me that if you know if they were focused on the print media they're about probably you know twenty 30 years too late For the print media, because it's going down the gurgler, isn't it? Uh, The Mm. internet really is what they should be focused on. Well, that is one
1: of the things, then. Powerful monopolies are emerging online, including Facebook Facebook and Google. Google, Yeah, and others, yeah. And that's what they should be looking at.
3: um, Are you guys aware of the Roger Ailes? So he was the guy who set up Fox News in the US. Mm,
1: You sent that link. I hadn't put it on the list this time, but basically going back 30 years or something. 50 years. 50 years. Nixon era. Nixon Mm. era, 1970. Mm. He had decided what we now know as Fox News was his ultimate goal back then. Yes.
3: Yeah. So saying people don't think when they're sat in front of a television, the news is just absorbed by them. Mm. We need to be controlling the, uh, the narrative. We need to be interviewing people in Washington, editing the tapes in vans as we ship them across the country, ready <laughs> for them to sit down in front of their dinner and watch it on the news that evening. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. So, And when Rupert Murdoch came along... Um he thought, you beauty, a meeting of minds here. We can work yeah, together.
3: Rupert mm-hmm. bankrolling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm. Scott, any thoughts on a petition? Like I, I don't like I think the government will just ignore it, but I still yeah, think I'm, it's
2: I'm going to sign it. Yeah. I haven't signed it yet because the better half loves everything that comes out of Kevin Rudd's mouth. Does he? So, oh he does, yeah. Uh, anyway. The, it,
1: yeah, I know. When right. Rudd is talking about it on the video, he yeah. is such a wanker. He
2: is. And I love the line he's that you've got here. He's such a yeah. wanker, but yeah. his, position is, his petition is worthy of support. Yeah. Mm. I agreed with what was coming out of his mouth on that occasion. Mm. The other thing that he's also said that's proven to be right is, you know, the NBN. You know, we probably should have gone down that way in the first place.
0: Mm. Obviously. Mm.
2: Mm. Anyway, it's just... The
0: coalition government totally stuffed NBN.
2: I agree wholeheartedly. You know. Mm. Anyway, so yes, I will go home and sign it tonight. Right. right. Yeah. I think, but I think the government will ignore it.
0: Well, what can they achieve with it anyway? Because, the, you know, Google and Facebook are totally beyond their reach. What are they going to do?
2: Well, they can always mm. do what they did in Spain and refuse well,
1: well, to. Yeah. I mean, that's the point of a Royal Commission is just how bad are things.
0: They're not going to lock mm. those American mm. corporations out of Australia. Mm. Ever.
2: Mm. I was thinking about this and I was thinking to myself, would it really worry me if Facebook was no longer part of my life? Mm. It might not
0: worry mm. you or me or mm. any of us. Mm. It's just not going to happen. It's mm. part of the landscape now. and well, our, our government is well, far too small and well, lacking in power to do anything about Google or Facebook.
1: Well, things that could happen are like what, what happened in Spain where the Google or Facebook, one of them, stopped um Hosting news items because they didn't want to pay for them. Okay. So that might happen here. And my mind is a bit divided as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. So that's one thing that could happen from it. So at the moment, the um, Morrison government wants Google and Facebook to pay money to Murdoch for that sort of stuff. To Murdoch? But, yes, because he's generating the content well, and they're he's not generating
0: all of it, though.
1: No, but They're that's,
0: supposed to pay whoever they take it from, aren't they? Y- yes. Not just Murdoch.
1: Well, but not the ABC or the SBS. They don't have to pay. According to the proposal from the government. So they said, They don't have to be paid? Yes. So Why not? It, because they don't like them. Because the Morrison government doesn't like the ABC and doesn't like Facebook. So the rule they proposed was, (laughs) we think that Google and Facebook should pay money to news content creators for reposting news stuff, Mm. except ABC and SBS, because they don't need the money. Oh, come on. Because we don't want them having the money. Of course they need the money. Well, it's just an example of, of what these are the sorts of things that are going on. So, you know, a Royal Commission, it's such an important part of our society, our information.
0: It is, I agree. I
1: think it's worthy of a Royal Commission.
0: They're also expensive things to mm. run, and if you can't see any, you know, useful result coming out of it at the other end, why would you spend the money? Mm. It costs millions and millions to run those Royal Commissions, as you know.
1: Mm. Well, might save millions and millions if you get some good might. policy as a result. Maybe. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you don't want a royal commission? I
0: would be open to it mm. if there was a high likelihood of something constructive coming out of it. Yeah. I just can't see how they're going to swing that.
1: Mm.
2: Even mm. if you get a royal commission to say that the Murdoch media is mm. too powerful and recommending that it be broken up, that would be a step in the right direction. mm if you could say to them,
1: they could, could do some antitrust laws. Exactly,
2: they could actually say to them,
1: "You, you need know, to divest."
2: Exactly, and this is the thing that really gives me the shits: is that we've got this situation that, what was it, the cross-media ownership laws? They were repealed under the Keating administration, and you ended up with a you ended up with a situation that um, it was back then you couldn't own a newspaper and you couldn't. Broadcast wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, if you did, you had to have minority ownership exactly. levels. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now you've got Murdoch owning 100% of Sky News,
1: mm.
2: and he also owns The Australian, The Courier Mail, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I believe he's... St- no, he hasn't moved into radio broadcast, has he? Don't
1: know. Yeah. Anyway. Can't keep track.
2: That is... A wrong thing that mm. Keating did—that mm. was wrong. But you know, everyone's allowed to. Everyone's allowed to cock up every now and again. But mm. um, that was one that was really bad.
0: But mm. it was the nineteen early nineteen nineties, wasn't it?
2: Well, yeah, that's when they did that. Yeah,
0: did yeah. I mean, it was a different era. The internet was
2: no, the internet was not, not as around. pervasive. Yeah, it, I know that, and that's the whole point. You've got to have a look at it, and you've got to have a look at it, and you've got to say, okay where where is the media at now and then they would conclude that majority of it is on online now and they would try and look at their regulatory options for online which as you've already pointed out are fairly limited mm. but it is something that we should look at
1: mm. roman in the chat room said that in the UK if there's a petition reaches 100,000 then the UK parliament has to debate it looks oh, like. really yeah so that's interesting 100,000 people for a much larger population. Mm. We could do that just with the, the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Let's just do that. Okay. Um, so the laws bad. were passed then about increasing the cost of some university degrees, namely arts-style university degrees, while decreasing the cost to students of sort of hard sciences, um, and sort of degrees where it was seen to lead to an obvious job. Um, So that legislation was passed. One of the few to stand up against it was Jackie
2: Lambie. Mm. She gave a very good speech on that.
1: mm, Somebody who'd never been to uni. No, exactly. Listen to people,
2: yeah. Uh, You know, did you see the 7.30 reports um, report on her? No. It was well worth looking at it on um, Mm. iview, actually. It was very well done. Mm. You know, they looked at her and she said that she was surrounded by smart people who went to university and all that sort of thing. Mm. And she said, but, and she said she felt intimidated until she turned around in her second term and she thought, no, they ought to be feeling intimidated by me because they've got no real life experience. Mm. Mm. You know?
1: So sometimes she gets it right, I think. Yeah, she does. And And she got it right there. She's certainly not your normal run-of-the-mill politician. Nice. No. So, well, it, My grandmother used to
0: refer to as a rough diamond. Yeah,
1: maybe. maybe. Yeah. So, meanwhile, we've got these senators from South Australia who cut deals. It's just a South Australian thing all the time, it seems to me, where they, they cut deals that are sort of against their ideology, provided they can get a sweet deal for South South Australia. Australia, Which is exactly what they did. It happens with submarine sort of maintenance facilities. It happens with all sorts of things where those guys end up getting um, sweet deals for South Australia. Yeah, they
2: got a deal that um, meant that the university in Adelaide was going to be considered a, what do they call Mm. it, a regional university. Yes. Which meant it got extra money. Yes, yeah. Which is really fucking
1: crook. yeah.
0: Yep. So what do you think about the mm. changes in the cost of the degrees? Oh, I think mm. it's
2: disgraceful.
1: Yeah.
0: In, in what way?
2: Well, it's gone up dramatically. You know, $14,500 for what was that? Could you go back up again?
1: Um, yeah, sorry, Scott. So
2: law, economics, management, commerce, society and culture, humanities, communications, behavioural science, $14,500 a, $14, a year. Now, out of a three-year degree, that is nearly forty five grand that you walk out with. Now... <laughs> My whole university degree was only fifteen grand when I finished my degree a few years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, quite a few years ago now, but still in all, it was nowhere near the $50,000 price tag that you're coming out with now.
1: Yeah. So what can students expect to pay? So you mentioned those who are paying 14 and a half, They're the highest level. On the lowest level, teaching, clinical psychology, English, math, nursing, languages, agriculture, $3,700. Um, architecture i t creative arts engineering environmental studies science seven thousand seven hundred medical dental veterinary science eleven thousand three hundred so there is a big difference there so nursing three thousand seven hundred it's going to cost you a humanities degree fourteen thousand five hundred per
3: year and we we
0: know what that's aimed at we know that's aimed at the left wing humanities faculties mm-hmm. isn't it at uh yes. gutting them,
2: yes,
1: because Pre- they s- see them as hotbeds of socialist leftist, leftist ideas mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what what are the changes so in the social sciences, um let me just get it here um, previously, a student would pay it used to be say six thousand eight hundred. Now they're paying fourteen thousand five hundred, so that's a big jump. Lawyers are kind of paying what they were before, um, but on the other hand, um, in education, where you were previously paying six thousand eight hundred, you'll now be paying three thousand seven hundred. Mm. So, just as an idea of, is a government, you know, is it okay for a government to to point? Students in a direction that it wants by by fiddling with the cost structure is that a is that a I, I mean we do it with tax where we where we tax cigarettes to mm. shift you know human sentiment
3: do we yeah, but that's because that, there's
1: a genuine health concern there yeah,
2: well, yeah, but yeah, um,
3: yeah. when I migrated mm. there were different points levels depending on what um, occupation you had mm. and so and our
1: needs at the time did, correct did we need um,
3: Telecommunication computer IT specialist. guys.
1: Yes, at that particular time, that you uh, came No,
3: mm. I don't think it was oh, on the right. It was the M O D L, the something demand list.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. Yep. So what was on the list that you remember, Joe?
3: Uh, I'm fairly sure nursing was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there were some weird ones like chefs and hairdressers. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. And migration agents. I remember seeing really? down the list. Really? Migration my agents. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So um, it's a pretty
0: marginal profession,
1: isn't it? Yeah, you know, I just think it's it's what they're really saying is that an arts degree is not leading to anything. Worthwhile for the country is what they're trying to say. And I just don't think that's the case.
0: Do you recall some years ago, I recall politicians justifying increases, overall increases across the board in university degrees. And at the time, the highest cost degrees were things like medicine and mm. architecture, probably engineering, mm. things like that. And the politicians were justifying the increase, saying, look, these people. Yeah, they're paying a lot for their degrees, but they will be high earners when Mm. they get out, and Mm. they will, over a a lifetime of work, will easily pay back this. But if they if they were trying to use the same justification now, everyone would laugh because we all know someone who studies languages or cultural studies; they're not going on to a high paid career, correct? In in general, there might be a few individuals. A
3: good argument that these high payers are going to be paying lots of tax anyway, in theory. Hmm. Uh, and therefore, there's a very good argument to be made that actually the government should be funding these and keeping them at a reasonable cost, at, at least for a certain number of seats. I, I think we fetishized a, a degree to a, an extent where everyone's going for them and they don't necessarily need a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think maybe we should be limiting the number of places and then heavily subsidising the number of degrees. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true.
0: So do you think degrees are becoming devalued? I do. Mm. I, I think that a I lot of people
3: have, have done a degree in a sack going, I can't find an employer. I've yeah. got a degree. I've got all the requisites, but everybody's got to do a de- yeah. degree these days.
0: Mm. I, I know from when I was living in Japan, I became aware of the fact that a lot of Japanese people go to university or sometimes just a two-year college, but at least some form of tertiary education. Mm. And most of them just go into office jobs. Mm. <laughs> but it's considered par for the course, you know. If you want to get a, a job with a good company, even if it's just pushing, you know, clips around all day, you need some kind of tertiary qualification.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And Australia seems to be following in
3: that well, direction. Well, I, I think um, vocational training is possibly what we should be replacing a lot of the degrees with
1: mm. which is what they're trying to do here by making non-vocational really expensive is is sort of what they're doing with a price incentive well is, is, yeah because they're seeing these arts degrees as non-vocational really
3: um i think yeah, but uh, I'm I'm just talking about the, in general, everyone going off to the... Um, the, the classic one is nursing, mm. um, which historically was vocational, was mm. on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think... Um,
1: uh, oh, you're saying should still be vocational. I,
3: I, I don't see why it's become a degree. Mm. Wow.
0: Well, Except that medicine I, I is know. an extremely
1: complex thing. Yeah, field, it, and wouldn't, and wouldn't you say... Couldn't you argue that the industry is now more
3: complicated? Yeah clear forward justifying i I, I don't know um i know that there was a a name to upskill nurses so that they could get away with cheaper employees doing more of the medical that used to be deferred to a doctor Mm. Uh, and it was a a way of trying to reduce the cost of health services Mm. um but all that's happened is of course you now get specialist nurses that are paid almost as much right so so it hasn't really worked Mm. um is is the value there, is is my question. Mm. I don't know. I just think for our
1: society there's a value in having... Well-trained
0: nurses, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with nurses having well, doing no, a degree. But,
3: but. Um I, I think there are a lot of jobs where the expectation is now a degree mm. and, and it's not civil but engineering where you'd expect this is yeah. complicated stuff.
1: Yeah. Here's one of the values of a degree is at school now you can be so spoon-fed in a private school that you can you know, basically get through with somebody doing it for you. Like the number of parents who do assignments for their kids yeah. in high school is worrying, I think. So at least university is at a level where people have to finally fend for themselves to some point. So if somebody... If I'm hiring somebody and they've got a degree, it really doesn't matter what degree. At least I know that for three years they were um, functional enough to get out of bed, go to lectures and attend and get something done in a self-motivated way that I couldn't be assured of if they've just finished grade 12, for example. So it's as a sort of means of just sorting that out from people, I think, is a good... I'm, I'm not sure that.
0: I'm not sure that students actually need to attend lectures that much these days because no. a lot of them just watch them online. Well, that's
1: now, yes, that's true. But yeah. they've still got to be able to switch off the computer game. And they can pay someone to write tone their down assignments to. Tone it. down the drugs, <laughs> but rock up to an exam and pass it still. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I've inherently got, I would have years ago poo pooed an arts degree more than I would now. I just, yeah. um, this, you know, there's jobs like in uh, police service where they say, in order to get into the Queensland police, you need to have a degree. Mm. We don't care what degree, just a degree.
3: Mm. Well, that was brought in on the back of the Fitzgerald mm, inquiry.
1: Mm. Um, don't know what his thinking was.
3: I, I think they didn't want knuckle-draggers in.
1: Right. Well,
3: okay, well then that's... That was the, was yeah. the theory that...
1: Yeah.
3: Yep. Upping the level of, of entrant. Yeah.
1: So – I'm
2: not quite sure how I feel about this because, you know, there was a hell of a lot of shit that I did in my Mm. degree. Yes. You know, you could really pare it back.
1: Yes. You could
2: probably get away with a two-year degree in business rather than three. Now Mm. they've gone and made it four years at
1: commerce, which is Mm. ridiculous.
3: You know,
2: um, I don't know. What were
1: some of the shitty things that you did that you could have – Done without business communications. Right. What was it like? What were you doing there? Writing letters? Writing letters and all that stuff. Wasn't that a valuable skill? Surely. Right.
2: If you had a good pass in English, you'd be fine. Yeah, but
0: Scott, don't you find that there are people who might have a good head for business, but don't have good language skills and they need them? Mm. So, usually communication courses are about learning how to, you know, put a. Put a sentence together or a little bit more than that.
2: Aren't yeah, they? I, I can understand that point of view, but don't you think, you know, okay, let's look at my degree. I did a three year business degree. Then after that, I had to go and study for 18 months or two years. I forget how long it was to do my CPA program. Mm. If they really felt that business communications was vital, then they could have slotted that into the CPA program. They could have given you that. Your keys, your capstone, I suppose it would be, would then be in your CPA program afterwards, rather than taking up the time at university.
0: Take it out of the business degree, absolutely. But surely everybody needs to be able to effectively, you know, write letters and articles, or you know, even even internal. You know, company magazine articles, things like that.
2: Yeah, okay. Then you could actually have you could actually have something where you can come in there, you can do the exam straight away. If you pass, you don't have to do the yeah. course.
0: Look, I have to say, my observation is that uh, English language skills are pretty poor across the board in a lot of industries.
2: Mm. Well, absolutely, they are.
0: Even but- on the ABC News website, I've even
2: from every, graduates. Every
0: time I look at it, I, I see mistakes. You know, grammatical mistakes. Mm.
2: But I don't think that's going to be corrected by me doing one semester's course on communications.
0: Well, it might help you a bit, though, well, if you're a poor writer. I'll have to say. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I trust that you have good communication skills, Scott, but there might be a whole lot of other people out there that really do need I, that sort I'd of I just training. see a
3: lot of value in um, apprenticeships, which I think we've lost. Yeah, I agree. Um just desire for apprenticeships in yes. general. They, they've been incredibly devalued. I agree. And, and I think um I, I do see the value in...
1: uh You think it, apprenticeships
3: are devalued? Yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I just know plenty of young people who have done apprenticeships and they wanted an electrical apprenticeship yeah. and looked hard to get one and got one and were very happy and Apparently wasn't, it, wasn't looked down on. It's you know, hard to keep an apprentice... Just,
0: uh, in, in the apprenticeship scheme until they, they finish their they, apprenticeship. They, they all seem days. to
3: be employed now by training academies and you hire an apprentice for a couple right. of days. Right. It, it seems to be very different. I did an apprenticeship right. in telecoms. Right. Uh, and it was full-time and I did one day a week day release with mm. the local TAFE. Mm. Uh, and I just see that as, as very different and much more focused training. Mm. And for the majority of... Um, roles, I, I think that would be a much better... Yeah. I, I, no, I do see the value I'm, in philosophy. Because yeah.
1: there's an argument, well, why waste time on things that you don't need? You should just learn the essentials and be efficient about it, right? And, and Liam in the chat room is saying something kind of along those lines, paraphrasing badly. But there's also a, a good argument for people to be told, you need four electives, go and pick something, but just to open people's minds. Like, Absolutely. um, Was it, Stephen Jobs ended up um, doing something to do with, you know, what fonts are so big in computers, because he did some little um, elective, I think, that was focusing on on fonts and developed a real interest in, in fonts, and that's why when... He got into Apple and all the rest of mm-hmm. it. There was a big focus on having a thousand and one different fonts available because he had a particular interest from some. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just think what, there's a value in throwing people into I agree. a broader. And, and what about education? the old
0: idea that everybody needed to learn something about yeah. literature, something about art, yeah. something about business? Yeah. You know what I mean? A okay, general education. Well, education. Well, you could do that. Yeah, no, I, I think that yeah. is valuable. What, yeah.
2: What you could do is have a grade 13 where you do 12 months of that sort of stuff, where you do philosophy, psychology, and all that sort of thing, and then after that you go out and choose your university degree, which is only two years. Yeah, I like the Japanese well,
0: idea, this where is, they do one or two years of general studies well, before this, they specialise. This is
1: the US education system, mm. I think we've talked about before, where, mm. you, where you do a general study and then you specialise. Yeah. In and other so words, you learn... You're, you're doing all those elective type things, experience You become oh, mm.
0: a well-rounded citizen mm. before you go into your area of specialisation.
1: And you might decide, oh, I originally thought I would be end up doing this particular course, but mm. having been exposed to mm. these things, yeah. I will now... Find something you're more interested in, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just, I just hate this idea that everything is about... I refuse just to just sort of toe the line with this government is about jobs, jobs, jobs. Everything we're doing is about jobs and creating jobs. And of course, everything everybody ever wants in life is a job to be working hard and at their job. Like, that's mm. not what it's about. Yeah, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. Surely. And this focus to me is right along those lines. Mm. And I just reject this focus on mm. jobs, jobs, jobs. Everything's got to be mm. focused around that. Like I agree It's with you, about John. being a more of a whole person. I'd like to encourage. So there we go. Mm um right uh and, and see the other thing is Asian you know they, they focus on hard sciences and and engineering and that sort of stuff and as the world evolves it's going to be your knowledge of soft skills that is going to be increasingly important, I think, and being imaginative and creative, and those sorts of skills are going to be the ones that will help australia stand out from the pack so china and asia are, are creating you know maths and science types by the billions and um, something creative i think and thinking a bit more left field like certainly one of the problems with japan has been a mindset where they've where they haven't been particularly creative they've got that mm. incremental improvement type situation in their thinking but a really free mind to explore openly other things um
0: and a lot of people have made that observation in fact i had a a political science lecturer at uh, uni and he told us a story of a japanese student who was in one Mm. of his uh, tutorials have i told you Mm. this before yeah and he said just tell me what to write. That's right. Yeah. No, yeah. tell me what. T- what what, what, I should, what I should know. Yeah, okay. No, yeah. No, no, no. Well, anyway, yeah. you know, as you know, in in Australian universities they have lectures and they have tutorials, and uh, I don't think they have a lot of tutorials in in Japan, or at least they didn't then. Mm. And he said there was this Japanese student, and he, uh, you know, in in a tutorial. Format In Australia, of course, each student is expected to give a presentation and, mm-hmm. and in each tutorial when they're discussing a topic, each student is supposed to contribute their own thoughts or ideas on it. And he said to the teacher, why do you keep asking me what I think? You're the teacher. Tell me what I should be thinking or something along those lines. You know, yeah. Yes.
1: Which was quite yes. telling. Yes. So it's that sort of development that can't be done at grade 13 at your high school. You need to be out at uni yeah. on your own. Um. Yeah, so anyway, that's what's happened at universities. Now, dear listener, there's a link in the show notes to the Noosa Temple of Satan. Robin has been very active. Excuse me. If you're not following his Facebook page, head over there and start following because he's coming up with all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and dear listener, there's things happening over the next seven days that you really, really need to... Um. Keep tabs of, so go over there and become a follower and just start liking stuff so it appears in your news feed so uh you would have seen in recent times it's become quite fashionable to, for aeroplanes to be towing signs usually up here they've been negative about anastasia Palaszczuk like like being on the beach I've you know, been mm. around different places and you look up in the sky and there's a plane towing something like. A sign saying uh, Palaszczuk is cruel. Open the borders," or or something like that. Mm. So, um, so Robin's got his black mass ceremony coming up at the end of the month, and to help promote that, he's got a GoFundMe where he's going to have an aeroplane head up into the skies, and the sign is going to be a kind of a red love heart, religious freedom question mark, hail Satan exclamation mark. So. The proposal is to have that flying over the beaches of Noosa. Uh, it'll be flowing north up the whole length of the Sunshine Coast, do two laps of Noosa before flying back south above the Bruce Highway. So um, last time I looked, he had $1,600 of the 2500 that he needed. And I haven't contributed yet, so that's going to go up a little bit. So definitely go there because uh, Robin is... Stirring the pot quite well, um, I think, amongst uh, secular activist groups. He's really put
2: the cat cat among the pigeons, hasn't he? You know, to get them all out there praying for him and all
1: that sort of shit. Yes.
2: It's really. My hat
1: is off to him. He's done a very good job. Mm. There's been lots of different um, news items that he's appeared in, and he's. Getting a profile, so...
2: And all he wants
1: to do mm. is just secularise the fucking state, people. Yes. You
2: know, that's all he wants to do.
1: Yeah. And he's prepared to put himself out there. So he's definitely worth supporting. And there's a chance he might be on next week as well. We'll just sort of see what's happening with that. So next week could be an interesting episode.
2: And Landon mm-hmm. Hardbottom contributed so, 100 bucks to this too, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yeah. Good on
1: you, Landon Hardbottom. So um, fantastic. We'll so see
2: if we get another message from him now. So. Right.
1: <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. So there's definitely um, a link there, definitely worth supporting. Robin's heart is in the right place. And he's actually going to get things done more than any other group I can think of um, because that's sort of satanic activism. So, um, Paul, you sent a uh, an article from Spiked. <laughs> you didn't send it or I just saw it on your news feed. No, no, sure. no, I sent you an article you from Spiked. About the Great Barrington Declaration? No. Oh no, no, that was from Paul. Right, okay.
0: I sent you a copy of the Great Barrington Declaration.
1: Right, so this was a declaration signed by uh, three... Um, uh, infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, um, talking about shutdowns and whatnot and counter by a bunch of other people. And the Spiked article was basically saying that if you Google uh, the Great Barrington Declaration, then rather than getting, first up, a link to the Great Barrington Declaration, get a link to articles that poo-poo the Great Barrington Declaration. And they saw that as a sort of a conspiracy by the tech giants to uh, who ideologically weren't in favour of the argument. So, mm. Paul, any thoughts on that you want to share? or any- Sure. Well,
0: yeah. I, I mean, he- here's an example of some people who know what they're mm. talking about mm. who have a different opinion about the best way to deal with COVID-19. Mm. And they are being defamed and uh, depicted as, you know, Fringe scientists, mm. and they're not fringe scientists, they're quite prominent, quite you know, uh,
1: well established in their, in their, in their fields. Mm. Martin Koldoff, Harvard Medical School, Sunetra Gupta from Oxford University, they've mm. heard of that place, and uh, mm. Jay Batachara from Stanford University Medical School. Indeed, so yeah, prestigious. Did places. you listen to the video where mm. they were in? You didn't, no, why not? No, um. I've been away for four oh, or right. five days, okay. so you're let off, thanks.
0: But you still have time. You can you can find it on YouTube easily. But right. um, I mean, if you listen to them speak, they're clearly not kooks. You know, mm-hmm. they're not nut jobs. Mm-hmm. They're very, very serious, highly professional, dedicated scientists. And mm-hmm. they were saying that they're extremely concerned. Not just uh, you know a few people. In, well, not more than a few people. A lot of people losing their jobs but uh it's 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 a profound effect i mean this is what i've been saying for months of course but thanks guys for backing me up on this one you know I mean, clearly, I'm just a little, you know, a very, very small fish in a, in a very big sea. But these guys are big I'm fish.
1: Of, uh, oh, these guys are backing you up. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: that was tongue-in-cheek, of right. course. Okay. But, I mean, the, the response from publications like The Guardian yeah. is to depict them as fringe nutjobs. You know, mm. the, the Guardian did a mm. hit job on them.
4: Mm.
1: Uh, another. Can I just say, interrupt there, yeah. uh, the scientific method. What, yes. what happens with the scientific method is that people publish a, a study that they've done, you know, a hypothesis, a study, yes. and, a, and a conclusion. And for it to be noteworthy, it either expands upon some knowledge that we previously did not have,
4: yes.
1: or more often or as often, it, it contradicts previous uh, understandings. Sure. So in the scientific community, there'll often be factions on theories that are yet to be finally bettered down. Mm. And some people will have their careers, you know, where they've been producing papers mm. saying this result here is a is because of ABC. And somebody new comes out and says, no, in fact, you're wrong. Uh, what we're observing is really B as a mm. result of... Def, yeah, and what happens is gets published, up for peer review, and it's actually natural that they'll be attacked. Like the the people who have invested in the alternate theory mm. are going to attack them. And not necessarily. Are no, no, oh, they going to attack the idea? Well,
0: not always. Some well, of them well, will well, will because- concede that they were wrong and well, that
1: this new information it- has. Improved the the understanding. The the way it actually works is that the people who have created uh, study cells and and got people under them and they're working on a particular theory are invested in it and, Mm. and they just can't say, whoops, human nature is that you will defend the proposition that you've been working on for years. So... So when somebody publishes a new piece that challenges an old theory, they do so in the full knowledge that um, they better have their I's dotted and their T's crossed because there's a whole bunch of people out there with a vested interest in proving them wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that's how the scientific method works, that if you want to produce something that might be um, changing and, you know, mm. preconceived ideas, you have to be prepared for people to attack you. That's, that's kind of normal. So I'm just simply saying you say, oh, well, the Guardian does a hit piece on them. And if it's sort of ad hominem attacks, well, that's not nice. But if it's uh, questioning what they've said or what the, you know, questioning the idea – then, you know, a hit piece as such. No, they did. Is, but, but when you say a hit piece, yeah. a hit piece is kind of what happens as part of the scientific method. No, no, it wasn't it, scientific it is, at all. It, it, was,
0: it was just a, an attack on, mm. on their reputations okay? because it, they were, you know, mm. going against the so-called consensus. But right. as you, I think you'd agree science, mm. the science is never settled. In, in real science, it's always open to correction and improvement. And I would have thought people working in medical science would welcome any uh, improvement in the understanding of any particular phenomenon.
1: Yeah, but they're always going to say, I think I'm right I think this newcomer is wrong and they're going to find fault with what they say like it's just human well, nature they might, to, but the the journalist to, at the guardian mm,
0: is not a scientist it's a yeah. journalist but mm. they immediately mm. you know went on the offensive Oh, these guys mm. are part of a an american libertarian think tank which mm. they weren't you know mm. they they were invited to this place mm. which it, it is a, an american libertarian think tank mm. but as that's they awesome. made it clear by the Koch brothers yeah but that's beside the point no it really is because you know, and this was another thing that came out in these, uh, you know, left-wing journalists attacking them and immediately, such immediately went for the Koch brothers. Mm. Oh, look, you know, this was funded by the Koch brothers, must be, must be suspect. Hmm. I mean, even the Koch brothers are human and oh, even- hang
1: on a minute. I'd stop yeah, there. Yeah, I know you would dispute stop, that. But stop, stop there.
0: you know, even uh, rich even, people even rich people can be idealistic and want oh, society. Ide- they are
1: idealistic. I am with you there. Well they can they, be. But the Koch brothers are very idealistic. You don't know the Koch brothers. Uh, I, I know their personally.
0: Uh, so uh, I don't think you're really in a position to
1: comment on character. I don't know Donald, Donald Trump personally. But I, I know the man. I, I think to, you know.
0: We all so. know a lot more that, about Donald Trump <laughs> yeah. than we do about the Koch brothers. Yeah. But I don't I, know Rupert Murdoch personally, but look, I know the man. In the interview that yeah. these three eminent yeah. okay. scientists gave, yeah, they were. It was put to them that they met mm. at this venue that, and it was funded by a libertarian think tank. Mm. And the the one woman in the three of them, she said that. Her, pol- she said she was very comfortable with her own politics mm-hmm. and they are very, very much not libertarian. Mm-hmm. So she was making it clear she wasn't there for the, for the politics. She wasn't there mm-hmm. to support a libertarian think tank. She mm-hmm. was there for the science. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're, they're all there for the science. And all I was saying mm-hmm. was that uh, there is not just one idea about how to deal with the pandemic, mm. and that governments were erring by just assuming that there was just this one strategy mm. and in fact, the who has come out in the last uh, few days as well and said mm. that lockdown is not what they recommend
1: uh, <laughs> not that's that paraphrase is not entirely accurate, so they say y- you are use other things in addition to lockdown after you've and and lockdown is to gain control exactly as an
0: initial step but not something that they recommend long term exactly and this is what these scientists were saying i mean i think they they basically conceded or at mm -hmm. least maybe that's my imagination Mm -hmm. that lockdown in the initial stages was perhaps understandable because Mm -hmm people didn't know what they were dealing with they didn't mm. know how dangerous the virus was but mm. they said now that we have a lot more data collected they said mm. it's clear that
1: mm. uh, so so it's not the best okay. method so here's here's the problem we're at you you say that these are genuine well-meaning highly regarded scientists oh, yes. who have come up with this conclusion yes and we also have genuine well-meaning highly regarded scientists who come up with opposite conclusions sure. so is the world well, we live in at the moment, is that uh, we have to sort through these things. and
0: Yes, but yeah. the other side of it, mm. of course, as you know, is that anybody who bucks the trend, anyone who goes against the idea of lockdown, is immediately mm. attacked as either a loony, a conspiracy theorist, mm. somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about.
3: Po- possibly mm. in the p- mm. press, but maybe not in the scientific circles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, but in the press very much so. And even in politics, mm-hmm. our, but, our but, own but, politicians... But then people
1: who support lockdowns are also attacked.
0: Well, they may be by some, yes. Yeah, but, some I mean, so. that's part of the to and fro, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So but, it's, it all, it's all
1: happening both ways.
0: Well, no, it isn't all happening both ways because our political leaders, especially mm. here in Queensland and in Victoria, mm. anyone, you know, protests against lockdown, mm. oh, they're just selfish. Mm-hmm. They're selfish, they're ignorant, they're idiots. You know, they are, their character is immediately impugned. Well, some people would say that, but not all. Oh, I've heard it so many times, particularly from Palaszczuk and her crew. And Andrews but, and his crew. But, Anyone but, but, who goes against what they're doing is an idiot and is selfish. Well, and this
1: is you're, you're casting very, a, a wide very net with that. Because some of them would say, look, these people are just wrong. They're misguided and they're oh, We well, went a bit, wrong. bit further than just they're wrong and, and
0: they're misguided. But, but you could say
3: the same happens the other way. I was going to say, what was Berejiklian saying about uh, the Queensland border closure?
1: Mm.
3: What was she saying? I, I don't think it was favourable. Hmm. I think she yeah. was accusing Palaszczuk of playing politics. Mm.
1: So so sure it it's Basically, it works both ways. You, you say that people get abused so if they question that. lockdowns, yeah. but people also get abused for supporting lockdowns.
0: Really? Mm. In the mainstream media? Yes. Well, is is, oh, I know, is, the, is Sky Spectator News sure. and Spectator yep. and
1: Spiked uh, and. Are they mainstream like this? Courier uh, Mail um,
0: increasingly, I yeah. suppose. Spectator saying, is
1: so, saying, establishing
0: uh, itself, but I don't know what the, their the circulation Australian. is like. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so, yeah. There's been plenty of opinion articles in the Australian bagging people who support lockdown. Oh, okay. So how about the Courier Mail? Goes, yes. yes, goes both okay. ways. So for every um, example you could give of somebody being abused for contradicting lockdowns, you will find. The opposite, is and, the case. and the other thing that that has it's been vice versa. that
0: has been thrown at them mm. is that the, you know, and and I read that in a in the I think in the Guardian, mm. and there was another one from I think Wired, and they were basically saying, oh, these clowns, you know, they just want the virus to let the
2: virus rip, you know, mm.
0: you know, and people are accused of wanting to you know to kill kill our grannies, mm. you know, or if you're against lockdown, you want to see all our grannies die and mm. things like this. I mean, people are it's It's a really yeah. unscientific way of looking at the problem. Mm. You know people die which, whichever way you go with something mm. like this, people mm. die as we I think we agreed but, a long time but, ago.
1: And again, the counter applies as well. So people who support lockdowns are accused of being insensitive. And not caring if all businesses close down in the CBD, and that's yeah. not true. Like they no. are sensitive, and they do care, and they're looking for other options. So there, there does so, seem
0: to be an increasing um, divide between those who have secure jobs,
1: yeah, and those who don't. Uh, it's very easy when you've got a secure job to be more <laughs> favourable of a lockdown, absolutely. And if you don't, that's yeah. that is true. Yeah, that is true. But um, just on that uh, Barrington Declaration, just looking at it, um, what they said is. The most compassionate approach that balances the risks and benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk to live their lives normally, to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection, while better protecting those who are at highest risk. We call this focused protection. And they go on, By way of example, nursing homes should use staff with acquired immunity, and perform frequent p c r testing of other staff and all visitors hmm. staff rotation should be minimized. Can I just say that's much easier said than done, like if Someone's the, putting man if, on the moon if the you know if community is opened up and our our nursing homes are staffed by members of the community um to just use staff with acquired immunity, it, it, that's that statement, I think, underplays how difficult that is to organise. I think if I was in charge of nursing homes and told, right, we're going to open up the community, um, and you, Trevor, are in charge of making sure that infections don't get into the nursing homes. And by the way, your staff are not very well paid, and they're used to working at Three or four different establishments, and mm. and they could be infectious and not even know it until a few days later, and
3: um, a- and nobody and, at and the th- moment we know has acquired immunity. And
1: they will be going in and out, and and I want you to make sure, Trevor, that you protect the. Um, I want you, Trevor, to exercise focused protection. Mm. I'd be going how. Tell me how. Okay. Our chief
0: medical officer here in Queensland gets paid mm. 600000 a year. Mm. Let her work
1: it out. She's paid to work out things like that, yeah. how to do it. That's yeah. her job. Yeah. Well, She's saying you can't. So She's saying well, you can't. And, and people like the she, Barrington... She needs to be replaced. But people like the Barrington Declaration <laughs> are saying you can. And what I'm saying is... How? Tell me how you would run a nursing home system... Because I just don't see how I could staff it and not infect the elderly. It's not your area of expertise. So. But, but, but find me an article by somebody. It's not in, my area either. But, but if you're going to support a concept that says this is what we should be doing, yeah. my immediate reaction is, look, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like, honestly, I don't. But I just think, how, how would I do it? Is 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 this an unreasonable expectation? How would I do it? And I look at it and I go, I don't see how you can staff a nursing home in a, in in that sort of situation and not have the infection. Yeah, but what's the cost, in. Trevor? You, but but, you... but okay, Paul. But that's where you say where we can't do it, and and we've done a cost benefit analysis. And if that's your argument, that's your argument. But it this is not their argument. Their argument is focus protection, and they're saying that they can. Protect the vulnerable, and I'm saying two lines in your entire statement, your Barrington statement, and you don't give any detail in that. I no, don't their,
0: their statement was a statement of intent. It I, wasn't a state It wasn't a
1: scientific paper, as you know. I, I, I know, but it's 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 got in there. One of the things it relies on is something to me that sounds. I, I, impossible! It okay. sounds like something. You mentioned that cost be benefit analysis, and
0: and these scientists they yeah. said they said, look, you know, what do we gain from lockdown? Yep. We 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 extend the lives mm. of mainly old people mm. who probably would have fallen off the perch in another. I don't think it says year that. or two. Well, Does it say
4: that? I don't Ma- think it says. Or it's Or maybe like it. I
0: read that in a in a, in a different uh, article. Because uh, the, the declaration anyway, is finish. only about extending. No, long. they did talk about this. Mm-hmm. They they said that um, for the for the for the benefit of extending the lives by a few months or a few years, a lot of elderly people, we are condemning thousands and thousands of people to financial ruin, relationship breakdown, depression, all the rest of it. And that's just in the developed world. In the developing world, they don't have the support that we have here, you know, they don't have Social Security and their governments don't have money to, mm. to give to businesses and all that. Mm. Literally, millions mm. of people will die of poverty as a result of mm. shutdowns in developed countries. Mm. So in the developing countries, they will feel it a hell of a lot worse mm. than we will.
1: Yeah, and so they just say it, but I, I didn't see... So I don't see any footnotes not only to that, studies. Our to-
0: younger generations yeah. are going to be paying off the, the money that our governments are mm. borrowing
1: for decades. Yeah. and the point is... I can get together a bunch of other equally eminent scientists who will say that's not the case. Oh, so, they
0: they will say that the debt will be cancelled they, magically? They,
1: they, they will say that that cost-benefit calculation that you've done is, is, is wrong. I challenge them to. Well, they're there. So um, there'll be scientists who say the opposite. Yeah. And we're at, again, the same situation. We've got some experts saying one thing and some experts yeah, well, saying think another Think
0: about thing. it rationally. We know that the damage is going to be deep and really uh, long-term. A trillion dollars. Just the Australian government is going to be in debt to something like right, a trillion that's dollars. right. Paul, you we'll can't give a
3: pluck- tax debt. It will take Paul,
0: decades to we'll give pay give a tax pay. break Paul, to rich people and that will be solved. you can pluck a figure... The rich people aren't in trouble. Can,
1: it's the poor people that are in trouble. You can pluck a figure of a trillion dollars without proof. But that wasn't can, my figure. That was something I read in the media. Yeah, and what I'm saying is I can pluck another figure from somewhere I've read which will say, in fact, economically it's better to have a shutdown... And you'll economically be worse without it. So there are expert arguments both ways. Yeah. Um, and these are just three who are saying it one way.
0: It's not just three. I mean, they had a lot of support, apparently, in the I, medical community. Yeah. A lot of know, other doctors signed the.
1: But, but, but then a lot of other doctors, equally qualified, are saying the opposite. So... This is the problem. This is where we're at in the old world at the moment is we've got...
0: And it's not just them. There have been dissenters all the way through, as you know.
1: Yeah. But um, it's just a common thing. The Experts will disagree. So it happens in life all the time. Yeah. And we
0: are going to be paying for this enormous fuck-up for decades.
1: So that's according to one view. Yeah. But according to another view, if we agree with what these people are doing, we'll be paying for their fuck-up for decades. So... He's
3: right, and MMT says it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, and it, MMT says MMT. we'll just print it anyway.
1: Yeah, so you did right. We won't be paying. Well, is, yeah. One is, of the doctors is, is, in, is in, in that group of three eminent mm. doctors, mm. she
0: she was saying what really concerned her was mm. the literally millions of people who will die in poor mm. countries because mm. the money the money flow mm. that was coming to them, the mm. pittance that was coming to them mm. from our developed economies. Mm has suddenly just stopped mm. and their governments are not in position mm. to give them anything. She mm. said literally millions of mm. people will die as mm. a result of that.
1: And another expert will say because of lockdowns and because of these measures, these economies be back up and running quicker and will actually be sustaining those poorer countries quicker than the alternative that these people present. So no, no, We would little, have been sustaining
0: the, them if we'd just c- carried the, the, the on. Paul, you have to accept that there are expert running. opinions on
1: either side on this. Yeah,
0: well, and so, what I'm saying so. is they, they made a huge, huge error.
1: According to these guys. No, that is, I've, that's but,
0: been my opinion all along,
1: as it, you know. Uh, indeed. So, but... Also, there are I'm others who are getting saying- my
0: opinion just from these three. No. I've I've been reading various doctors mm. along the way who strongly disagreed with lockdown. Mm. So it's not just these three by any means. No,
1: but you wouldn't suggest for a minute that there's not an equal number of eminently qualified doctors who say the opposite. It could be, yeah. So why do you think we've fallen on this? Um, divide where you... I think it was fear. You, I think it you? was
0: fear and
1: panic. But I'm and not fearful and I'm not panicking. No, no, I'm talking about our politicians. But this is, why do our, why do our public, why have you and I fallen on this divide? Why have we got such a, a different view of this? I think when-
0: that's a really complex question and beyond mm. our capacity to answer th- this evening. But, mm. um, but look, I, I think basically the politicians mm. panicked. You know mm-hmm. they were scared. They were worried, probably understandably, because mm-hmm. it was an unknown virus. Mm-hmm. But being politicians, once they'd locked themselves into one line of action, mm-hmm. they, they you know they they saw it as politically dangerous to change tack, mm-hmm. and that's why they've they've stuck with it. I think.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what's happening in the chat room? Anything I need to know? <laughs> it's been plenty going on in there. Thank you for your comments. Um, I think we're nearly... Oh, actually, no, we do have to mention a few things here. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, let me just... If this Word document will just jump ahead. We've got that done. Oh, let's talk about... Ferris. FIERUS, yeah, yeah. So, um, FIERUS stands for...
3: Fairness in Religion in Schools.
1: Based in New South Wales. Uh, and also Victoria. But in Victoria they were successful, so they've kind of they disappeared. They started in
3: Victoria, yeah. moved into New South Wales, if I yeah. remember correctly, yep. and also in South Australia.
1: Yep. So they're all about trying to get scripture out of state schools and probably chaplains out as well, I think. Mm. Uh,
3: yep. Not sure.
1: Okay. Scripture definitely. Scripture definitely. Yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, on the 20th of August last year, the – a Christian lobby, Christian SRE, shared a post claiming that um, that the scripture lessons uh, strengthens social cohesion in multicultural Australia. And in October, so two months later, Firish um, published a post on their Facebook page to counter that assertion. And what they did was... Um, they said, you know, well, it's hardly strengthening social cohesion when the sorts of people um, who are providing this service include um, uh, Mr. Keith Piper of the SRE provider Liberty Baptist Church, who is quoted as saying, Islam is a cancer. We must destroy the cancer or the cancer will destroy our society and our freedom. The Quran is the enemy. So, Firas basically saying doesn't look like social cohesion to us if these are the sorts of people involved in it and they um, made a complaint to the New South Wales Education Minister about what this guy had said and um, anyway Ferris a month later was contacted by the New South Wales Police Counterterrorism unit <laughs> in response to a complaint and which said that due to the nature of the social media posts well yeah they were, they were basically being cons- you know looked at by the counterterrorism ter- unit and the Education department in New South Wales sent Ferris a notice saying um, due to the nature of the social media posts by Ferris the department will not respond to any communication and/or correspondence from Ferris so Ferris has basically repeated this anti-Islamic sentiment by this nutbag SRE provider. And rather than the education department doing anything about the SRE provider, they've shot shot the messenger. Shot the
2: messenger. (laughs) It's completely outrageous.
0: makes you wonder if somebody pulling strings inside the department is not a deeply committed Christian, doesn't it? I mean, I know that sounds like a conspiracy
1: <laughs> theory. <laughs> it, but it does. Sound, <laughs> yes. But um That's just terrible. It's shocking. And isn't and it? Liberty Baptist Church continues to be an approved provider of scripture lessons.
3: And I think I I quite often whenever hate speech laws are raised, I argue quite vehemently against them. In a hateful manner? Uh, and um raise <laughs> and, their abuse as a risk. And everyone goes, Oh no, no, you're just fear-mongering, that's never going to happen. Mm. Uh, and I think this is a very good example of um, a hate speech law being misused to shut down somebody with an opposing view.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't as if they were promoting the view. They were just saying,
3: yeah. hey,
1: there's that guy over there exactly. saying this terrible stuff. Yeah, here's it's, an example. They weren't, shooting weren't, the saying, messenger. It. They weren't yeah.
0: saying it themselves at all. It's, yes.
1: It's mad, isn't yes. it? Yes. And in a context of saying, well, you, you, He's saying how good he is and how you know wonderfully multicultural. Here's an example yeah. of why that's not the case. It's just it's Look, astounding. I, I
0: personally think the Baptist man had a point, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. um. so
1: um so anyway, here in Queensland we have the Queensland parents for secular state schools, and we were mentioning before that uh, they are scrupulous about um, their sort of work and making sure that they don't get involved in that sort of thing. I think they're very careful about who they... They're certainly they very measured, yes. Mm, yeah. So, so
0: Alison reminds and Julia... Me a story I came across from the UK. Did you, do you I, follow... I,
3: I'm just listening to the podcast with Darren Grimes. Yes,
0: that was interesting. Do you want to tell them about it, Joe?
3: Yeah, so um, Darren Grimes interviewed a uh, fairly um, senior historian. Mm, Starkey. Um, who uh, has had a long and distinguished career in the UK mm. uh, and when asked about whether slavery was genocide, had said, no, if slavery was genocide, there wouldn't be so many bloody blacks over here or mm. something along those lines. Something like that, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> and Darren Grimes, the I, interviewer, didn't sort of ask well, him exactly what he meant by no, that. He no, he, he said he, he was,
3: he, he'd basically grown up. Um, watching this man on tv and was in awe of him yeah and and so he didn't think to challenge it Mm. however there was a big backlash within three days he'd taken it down edited it and re-uploaded it minus that statement okay um he's been asked to attend an interview a voluntary interview with police in the uk um over grounds of inciting racial hatred yeah uh, because he didn't, uh, because he was basically providing a platform for hateful views at a time where sensitive, um, uh, well, people were being sensitive because of the Black Lives Matter thing at the time, mm. and so he's being uh, interviewed by police with a view to charging him mm. with a maximum term of seven years.
1: Yeah, there are some cases now where people are being uh, challenged because of comments made on. Facebook pages or Twitter accounts that they control, and if they're not deleting those comments, then they're getting into trouble. Mm. So that's increasingly what's happening. Um, uh, just for completeness sake, back to our old topic, uh, Dire Straits says uh, trouble is that there are cases out there where people have caught COVID-19 a second time and have died. Herd is a myth. Herd it is says. not a myth, so, uh,
0: Dire Straits. Sorry, yes. but herd immunity is a fact. It's mm. the reason why when... Europeans colonised places like North and South America mm. and Australia. A lot mm. of the indigenous people died because mm. they didn't have any herd immunity, whereas mm. Europeans already had it from those old.
3: Uh, but smallpox still diseases. killed people mm. on a regular basis. Of course
0: basis. it does, but you mm. know what I mean. We uh, Europeans had a certain level of herd immunity. To things Mm. like measles, Mm. which doesn't usually kill us, but it did Mm. kill the uh, indigenous Americans. Mm.
1: Is there herd immunity to malaria? No, I don't think so. Mm. So some things don't. So I guess he's saying, well, it's yet to be seen whether there's herd immunity for. I I think until you get a vaccine, there isn't herd
3: immunity. Until (laughs) you get a vaccine, there is no herd immunity.
1: Right. um,
0: Yes, but we had that. There were no vaccines, Joe.
3: No, so we reached stability, but that's not herd immunity. Herd immunity is where the, the the virus cannot spread at all, whereas um, historically you used to get outbreaks from time to time.
0: Okay, maybe I have the wrong understanding of herd immunity, but mm-hmm. there was a degree of immunity in European
1: a, a, populations. There's a degree of immunity which stops it what's spreading. what's called
3: in- herd immunity? No, herd immunity is where it, it literally cannot spread. At all. At all.
1: It, there are some strange things happening in Sweden, though, to do with spread of the virus. Oh, the number's point.
3: dropping. The infection number's yes. dropping. Yes, So And the it'll, deaths
1: it'll, are flat. So, so, you know, if you're prepared to take a big hit and, and and kill off the weak, then it, it does seem that herd immunity may be easier achieved than we might have thought based on what's happened I- in Sweden if you accept a, a huge... Mortality rate straight up. Again, so. I wouldn't call it <laughs> yeah. herd immunity. Yeah. I'd call
3: it the stability yeah. where you, you're just getting, as your new people mm. come into society, yeah. they're not immune, and so a rate, a number of those will die off. Mm. Anyway, that's yet
1: to be determined. We'll see what happens. Uh, just quickly, we've talked in the past about transgender athletes and, in our view, how unfair it is for somebody who was a man through puberty and perhaps early adulthood Full of testosterone, bulks up, has a male physique, and then decides I'm a woman. Mm.
0: And I want to play rugby.
1: <laughs> yes. And I now want to compete in women only sports. Yeah. And I'm not at all ashamed that I'm wiping the floor with these no. other girls because It's really I'm, shameless, isn't it? Because I'm now comparatively <laughs> superman yes. in strength. Superwoman now. Yes. <laughs> and here's an interesting way that that's been dealt with. World Rugby has decided to prevent transgender women from competing at the highest levels. So this is men transitioning to women. They're not allowing that to happen at the highest levels of rugby. And they're basically doing it on safety grounds. And safety is a big thing in union in the lower grades and in schoolboy stuff where there's a big weight disparity. And so... In scrums, for example, uh, it's recognised as extremely dangerous to have, for example, uh, front rowers with long necks like or, or the wrong physique, but also to the point... And also they used to have specialty hookers who who knew what to do as a hooker in a scrum. And if one team lost their specialty hooker, the scrums would then become uncontested because it was too dangerous to have somebody in that position not knowing what they're doing. And, and in schoolboy
0: rugby it's it's the teams are graded on body weight, aren't they?
1: Ah, uh, sometimes aren't, sometimes they uh, aren't, but that's When when I played yeah. as a schoolboy,
0: yeah. the, there were there were two weight divisions if I, you like.
1: Yeah, I think I'm not sure if that's still the case. And it's yeah. a big problem because particularly with Samoan, uh, Tongan islander kids, they're huge at at 13, 14 compared to <laughs> Well, white boys who are yet to enter puberty, you know. Can so, be, yeah. yeah. So uh, so there are issues in rugby union with danger in mm. terms of um, and what they've said is, well, if you've got a big, strong, masculine man
0: with men's bones inside and uh, men's he's just, muscle on he's the just out there.
1: transitioned mm. it's actually dangerous for the quote unquote real women. <laughs> What's the word? Just Cis. Cis Cis, women. Cis, thank you. Cisgendered. Um, Women who weren't born with a penis. Good word. That's it. Um, So, yeah, so there's that sort of – this is one of those things where we talk about the battle of rights and a classic case of your right to determine your gender now meets somebody's other right to a safe Mm. workplace or recreational space. Mm -hmm. And there's always a conflict – well, quite often a conflict between rights, and um, people are very used to enforcing safety laws, and uh, safety laws have won out in this case. So, two different groups. There was, um, it was criticised by LGBT charity Stonewall, but it was applauded by another group called Fair Play for Women. So, one group happy, one group unhappy. Seems to be the story of the world at the moment, yeah. Um, And uh, what we have here is um, Bev Jackson from LGB Alliance said, many lesbians play this sport and are enormously relieved. She added that judging by their actions we have received, a great many LGB people and indeed many trans people think this was the right decision. Um, Transgender men remain permitted to play Men's contact rugby union. so if you're originally biologically a female and transition to a man and you're good enough for the World Cup, then off you go. Might work the other way. Um, former Great Britain swimmer Sharon Davies has been vocal, and she was a silver medalist at the 1980 Olympics, and she posted, "If we, as a fair society, want equal opportunities for females to medals, team places, safe sport and scholarships." With all the associations, rewards and careers, sport must be based on biological sex. So that was that. Um, We've had some uh, feedback. actually had a nice um, brunch with Paul today. Thanks, Paul, who uh, shouted me breakfast and also gave us the beer that we're enjoying tonight, which... um, Cheers, Paul. Yes, Paul. Thanks very much, Paul. Bent, spoke, crankshaft. Good choice, Paul. Thank you. And... Shout out to Matic Man who sent a nice note, and he made the point actually that in New Zealand, they, they the minor parties get more representation than they do here with yeah, their voting system.
2: Because multi member electorates. Yeah. yeah.
1: And this is a good point that doesn't get talked about enough. So, um, the Liberals. Um, now what's he talking about here? Must be in the last um, yeah last federal election. A federal election. They got twenty, basically twenty eight percent of the vote, and they got forty four seats. Um, but on that vote, they should have got forty two seats. But there's more extreme examples. Um, the Nationals, four point five one percent of the vote, got ten seats, but four point five one percent. Uh, should only have been 6.8 seats. Um, and the Greens, with 10... So po- we've got to
3: come around and chop a limb off.
1: Mm. The Greens got 10.4% of the vote. and got one seat. But 10.4% should have given them 15 seats. So this is a good point that our system... Yeah,
2: it's a good point, but then hmm. you've got to remember it's balanced for the Senate, which is elected in that way, or in a similar way with that. You have a multi-member electorate, Queensland gets 12 senators, New South Wales gets 12 senators, Victoria gets 12 senators, Tasmania gets 12 senators. Well, that's my
1: point. So South Australia gets 12 senators. I yes, know
2: that. Yes, Now, this
0: is, the, this is a... They've only got about 50 people down there. Why that's, not?
2: Yeah. The, the, you've got this. It's made up for the... Dis, um, what's the word I'm looking for? So we've got the, one
1: system that's performing... Badly because it's quite biased against small parties. Exactly, and, the other system and another system is biased towards small states um, yeah. against larger states, mm-hmm. and is imperfect in that sense. Mm. So we don't have anything that. But, is it- no, but that
2: was uh, that was set up mm. at the time so that you could get them all to agree to federate because mm-hmm.
1: you had to you had to agree to
2: give them yep. all equal representation. So you gave them twelve senators each. Yeah. Yeah. I personally think times have moved on and all that sort of stuff. I would love to get rid of the Victoria, the Tasmanian Victorian border and have them as one state. And then you'd have 12 senators across that two state across that state there. You want to
0: amalgamate Victoria Absolutely. and Tasmania? Absolutely, yeah. Why not Victoria and South Australia?
2: And then you would still have Tasmania out on their own.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good you can point. A car
2: up Western Australia, to take the salmon off, and put that into South
0: Australia. Or we could tow Tasmania around to just under the you know Spencer Gulf or something. You like. could do that if you wanted to.
1: Good okay. point, Manic Man. Thank you for that. Um, the Arrest-
3: Israel though, has a proportional representation, and all that happens is the minor parties who are the extremists end up getting huge amounts of power
1: because but- they get the balance of power. Basically. Mm.
0: Whether or not they're extremists should be beside the point, though, shouldn't it?
1: Arguably, John Howard did some extreme things.
3: (laughs) Well, there is that.
0: Because extremist is an opinion, after all. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The the,
3: uh, Orthodox Jews, Mm. uh, I think, quite often hold the balance of power. And Mm. there's a lot of legislation that gets passed in Israel because of horse trading going Mm. on. Yeah. Yeah, that is the other
1: problem. Well,
3: see,
2: that's why you've got to get the two major parties to grow up and realise that you've got to freeze the One Nations and the extremist Jews out of the equation by negotiating with each other. That's
0: very anti-democratic, Scott. It's not Mm.
2: anti-democratic.
0: I mean, Mm. what do you guys think? I personally wouldn't mind if we switched to the New Zealand system. It seems to me fairer.
2: Well, Mm -hmm. you've got that, but then you've got that thing. What are you going to do? You're know, New Zealand is a unicameral system, so I agree wholeheartedly with them having that sort of representational Mm. system. We've got two Houses of Parliament over yeah. here. So you've got, to, you've got to either do away with one House of Parliament or you just accept it the way it is well, now.
0: Why either or? Why not use the New Zealand system for the lower house and keep the equal Senate representation as it is? You know? Well,
2: why would you bother doing that? Because then you're going to create the same problems in the House of Representatives that you've got in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, I reckon we've... Been going long enough. <laughs> Is there anybody <laughs> left in the chat room? It appears to be that everyone's gone. Is that the case? If you're still there, just say hello because it looks. It looks, yeah, I'm, I'm someone, seeing zero as observers here. I, so I think I can flu. hear snoring. Right, so we might have gone too long. Well, Bronwyn Ben asked me before if I
2: if we were keeping you up, and right. yes, you were, Bronwyn. Right. Sorry. So okay.
1: So yeah, we've gone a long time. Next week could be an interesting episode. Uh, just not sure what's going to happen, but stay tuned. Watch the Facebook page. Um, I think we're probably going to be going back to 7.30 Queensland time uh, and 8.30 Southern time. So keep an eye on the Facebook page. I will put a notice on there.
3: Apparently, we've got three on YouTube, eight on Facebook and one on your personal
1: page. oh, Oh, there we go. Okay. Well, that's good. Still here. Very good. Oh, good. Okay. What I was looking at was showing they weren't so... Oh, everyone's saying hi. Oh, oh, we're getting a warm, fuzzy feelings there. That's good to see. That's nice to see. Thank you for that. All right. Well, um, stay tuned. Next week could be very interesting. There's a few things in the works, dear listener. Stay tuned. Um, I'm going to say goodbye for now.
2: Thanks for tuning in. Bye now.
3: Bye, everyone. And it's a goodbye from him.
5: <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if people didn't believe what things they'd get up to? Exact same thing they do now. Just out in the open. Bull shit. It could be a fucking freak show of murder and debauchery, and you know it. If the only thing keeping a person decent is the expectation of divine
1: reward, then brother, that person is a piece of shit. And I'd like to get as
3: many of them out in the open as possible.
5: I guess your judgment is infallible, piece of shit wise. You gotta get together. Tell yourself stories
1: that violate every law of the universe just to get through the goddamn day. What's that say about your reality, Marty? Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, first up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time, and you might be repeating something I've said and. When you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast, and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it. Like, grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Vis Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf, on their phone, and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show, so if you... Go to our website. You'll see a link to Patreon, and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really, the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from a dollar fifty Australian to I think ten dollars and various ones in between. It's really, what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth More than that, less than that, whatever you get out of it. Because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event...